So everything that's that that that's being done in secret will be one day revealed openly. Amen. So I believe that Jesus was trying to the best of my my personal opinion, getting the disciples to understand, hey, listen, don't be like these people who have set bad examples that they, they like to be praised because they're being watched as they're praying. It's like their prayer life is not a secret. They, they want to make sure that people see them pray so that people could build this conception that they're holy Tao. And, and in reality, they're far from God. Amen. They're fake. So never underestimate your relationship with God and never compare your relationship with God with others relationship with God, because you don't know who really has a relationship with God. Amen. Not everyone that says, holy, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus has a relationship with the father. Amen. So I also believe that when we have that one on one secret place with God, we could be real. We could be us. And, and, and that in in that area in itself, we disclose or, or or we open ourselves in more ways than one. Instead of becoming vulnerable, we we allow ourselves to to be used by God or minister by God. So it's very important that each and every one of us find a place. I don't know what that place is place for you, but you have to find a place where you and God can be one. Amen. It could be in your house, somewhere in your house and in, in your closet and in, in your bedroom, wherever the Holy Spirit uh, guides you. Amen. And in that place uh, for you to create that conversation with the Lord where God can pour into you what he's been wanting to pour into you. Uh, another of the questions that uh, often people ask is, I don't know how to speak to God or I don't know where to start. Am I the only one? OK, where do you begin? You know, uh, I don't know what to say. One of the things that I suggest that you shouldn't do is do not go into the presence of God with a demanding attitude. Why? Because you cannot manipulate God. God is not going to do what you want him to do. God's going to do what he wants to do. And sometimes we go into the secret place with an agenda. Lord, I want you to do this. Lord, I want you to smoke so-and-so. Lord, I want... Am I the only one? If you go in there with that attitude, trust me, you ain't going to get nothing in return. Because God ain't going to smoke nobody for you. And in layman's terms, what that means is kill somebody. I'm, I'm just using the urban version because a lot of us are from the hood, right? Or we used to be. Amen. Amen. But we've been redeemed. Amen. The hood is all good, right? We all good. Amen. God is good. So, you know, the way we approach God shouldn't be with a soulful, hopeful attitude. Maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll listen to me. No, you have to believe that God is going to do what he wants to do. You can't go into the presence of God just assuming that maybe today, you know, if I open up to God, he might consider me. No, every time you go into the presence of God, it means a lot to him because you're doing it out of obedience to begin with, because not a lot of people pray. They say they pray, but in reality, they don't pray. They have a conception of prayer, but in reality, they don't have a relationship of prayer, which is two different things. Because I know people, when I was out there, who will pray 
for God to protect them while they were doing evil things. Amen? That's not God. That's not God. Amen? That's a conception of God. But that's not a relationship. Because when you have a relationship, the creator will reveal himself to you to the point that conviction will come in your heart and you wouldn't be doing the things that you think you should be doing that you know are not right in front of the, the sides of, of the Lord. So we shouldn't go into the presence of God thinking that we're going to manipulate, that we're going to twist his arm, that we're going to get him to do what we think is right. And that's very important that you understand that because the scripture says that when Jesus taught them about the prayer, he says, when you go into the presence of the Lord, he said, you say, our father that's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let thy will be done. That word, your will be done, cancels your personal agenda. You're going ahead. Amen. Go ahead. I'm going too far? Yes. Amen. Go ahead, Pastor <laughs> Millie. You're... So it's, you have to remember when we come into the presence of God, we want to come with a heart of expectation. Um, and we come with a heart to believe that we have already received it in the name of Jesus. We receive it according to his perfect will and plan. And I can say that from personal experience, um, everything is always going to work out no matter what, according to his will and his plan. And we have to get to that place of understanding that, God, this is not my will. This is your will. So we have to come into that into that prayer with expectation and ready to receive what it is that he's going to share with us and what it is that he's going to ask of us because we come before his presence and we, like the Bible says, do not come with so much blabber and we talk and we talk and we talk and then we get up and we, and we leave the room. And then he's, it, it's like, it's a relationship. Can you imagine being in a relationship with someone that uh, they're talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and then when it's your turn to talk, they walk away. It's not a relationship. So we have to come uh, with a with a expectation, and we also have to come ready and willing to hear what he's going to speak to us. Because in that secret place where he's speaking to us is where he's going to begin to reveal, I need you to work in this area, or it's not the way that you think. And sometimes we're going to hear the no's. And I know we don't like to hear no. But there's going to be times that the Holy Spirit is going to reply to us, no. And it doesn't matter how much we can do. It's like I was sharing on Sunday. You feel like you're doing the A's and the B's and the C's, and you're still getting a different outcome from what you're expecting. And it's because we're not giving the time to the Holy Spirit to give us the instructions. And many times what we're asking for, it's outside of his will. Does it make sense? So that's why it's very important that you keep that in mind, that when you're going into prayer, you're actually canceling what you have already planned because you're inquiring of God. And once you inquire of God, his ways are better than your ways. And if your ways were better than his ways, then why are you seeking him to begin with? Am I right or wrong? I mean, if you had it right all your life, then why we're here? Why are we seeking the creator? We figured out that, that we, we wasn't all right. And, 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 some, and some of us can be selfish about that because one of the things that's not guaranteed to you is life. You know, and we got to be careful the way that we use time. So when we go into the presence of God, keep this in mind. Come as you are. Come as you are. Be real. Take off everything you need to take off. And what I mean by that, the things that make you who you are. 
come naked before the presence of God. And I don't mean literally naked. I mean just naked in heart saying, Lord, I am here. I can't fool you. You know what's up. You know the report. I don't want to be this way anymore. And I need you to teach me your ways. Now, when you say that, expect this. That things are not going to work out the way you wanted them to work out. Yes. Now he's going to deal with you differently. And many times when God is dealing with certain individuals, including myself, he's going to hit you in the places that you don't want to be hidden. For example, what have you been doing? Mm -hmm. Accountability. When you're real with yourself, you discover that there's more of you. When you're real with yourself. I, I know we, we have this issue, especially in the human race, that we like to point the finger. And we like to point and point and point and point. And we like to look false in everything. But haven't you noticed that when you're pointing the finger, there's three pointing back at you. And then this big fat one. Four out of one. Four out, uh, four out of five. Back to you. Out of five fingers. Four are pointing back at you. If we could understand that, we could get better results in our walk with Christ. Because we're not holding anyone accountable. We're holding ourselves accountable before him. So God begins to work with us rather than he work with others. Because what good is it that God works around everyone that has given you a hard time. And then you have not learned anything from that lesson. If anything, you'll have the mindset, well, I told you so. It was about time it happened to them. Isn't it funny how we could be critical about others when they're going through things? Laugh now, cry later. Because you next. You get what I'm saying? So we should have a mindset, okay, of being humble at all times. Being humble. You know, God, I'm going through this, and I know there's plenty more other people that are going through something similar. But I come before you because I need you. You know who I am. You know, you you call me into existence before I even came into existence. You know your plans and your plans are better than mine. So, God, I surrender to you. I give to you my all. I don't want to play the blame game. Yes, this was wrong. This wasn't right. Maybe I should have done this. They shouldn't have done that. But whatever the situation is right now, you are the author. You are the alpha. You are the omega, meaning you're the beginning and the end. You know everything. I created a mess, and now I come to you so that you can help me and hold me accountable. And in return, Lord, I will do as you say. Are you hearing me, church? Amen. Am I going too fast? Okay, good. So, uh, (laughs) Pastor Millie, amen. (laughs) Am I going too fast? No. Okay, amen. I'm just here to look good. God is good, amen. You look beautiful, my love. You look beautiful. So uh, God is good. So it says, our father that's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Now, we are asking what kingdom to come first. But I did want to share something, His though. His kingdom. Because you're going really you fast. You are. Amen. No, I just want to take a couple steps back because I told pastor, this is this was in my study on um, on the, when Jesus said, when they asked the disciples, um, and how should we pray? And and how he said in Matthew six, uh, chapter six, verse um, six to fourteen. Um, and I started really 
looking into that prayer and it's absolutely powerful. That prayer from the beginning to the end, I said to pastor the other day, it absolutely covers everything. And so I, I really just want to read this real quick where it says, um, our father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That name hallowed, I had to look it up because I just, I'm like, what does that mean? And that means, um, hallow means to keep holy and set apart to keep holy and set apart. And I want us to understand that when we come to him and say, our father, I want you to understand that you are acknowledging him as your father. Therefore, you are not an orphan. And sometimes many people come feeling a certain way or feeling as if they're going to be rejected. The minute you say, our father, you are acknowledging that he is your father and you are his child. Therefore, he's going to hear you when our children come and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, we're not going to reject them. We're not going to say, well, yeah, I do. Sometimes I say, leave me alone. But he's not going to say that. I will. He's not like us, you know? And so I want everyone to know that you are not going to be rejected. You are not orphans. We have a father, an eternal father. And so um, I want you to, to realize that. And also, um, hallow be your name is to set apart. And this is so perfectly said here. It says, hallow be your name. Hallow means to keep holy and set apart. We may ask, isn't God's name already holy? And most certainly it is. Uh, what, uh, what then do we ask of God, of the Lord God, when we ask that his name be kept holy? Did you guys understand that? Or you want me to read it again? Going too fast. I had to use scrap paper. Sorry. <laughs> It says, in this matter, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Matthew 6, 9. We ask that his name be kept holy amongst us and in our lives in this petition. We ask God to let all we think, say, and do bring glory and honor to his name. We ask that we will live a life such a way that we do not dishonor his holy name and drag it down with us into the mud of sin. Amen. Does that make sense? You guys want me to go back? Or you got it? It brings God's glory and allows his name when we humble, when we humbly believe his word, acknowledging our sinful, our, our, our sinfulness and trust in his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Ephesians chapter 1, verses uh, 3 to 14. Now, many, many people say, okay, pastor, I have tried that. But what guarantees me that God is listening to me or he's even there? Now, one of the things that I am going to tell you that it guarantees you that God is there when you're praying is that his presence will be so overwhelming that while you're speaking to him, you will feel peace and security. Amen. So when we enter into the presence of God and we begin to do the modern prayer, we begin to seek his presence. All of a sudden it comes down and you will feel overwhelming peace and security, meaning that you as an individual have entered into God's presence. Amen. Now, many people say, well, pastor, I have not felt that. I, I, I only felt it when I was really going through something that I really opened up myself right there. There, there's the answer. You opened up yourself. 
If you don't open up yourself to God, he's not going to come in. He has to be invited in. And the only way that God can be invited in is when you recognize that he is higher than thou. You get what I'm saying? You can't just, it's like you going into someone's office and making your way in without announcing yourself. Amen. They're going to feel like you're violating them. Amen. We can't just go in the presence of God and say, oh, I want to talk to you. I, I demand of you to hear me right now. You, you be, just be careful where you're standing. Lightning might come down. Amen. And what has happened throughout the years is that many people have diverted and twisted and manipulated where they have made God to to be this kind of dictator rather than a father. God is a father, not a dictator. Amen. God loves us all. He doesn't have any favorites. Amen. Too much is given, much is required, meaning that the people that supposedly know more of God, more is required of them. So if they're acting that they're more holy than thou, let me tell you something. They're far from God because one of the things that I can guarantee you God is, God is love. And those who, who operate under love un, operate under God. Amen. Those that say that they love God but hate one another are evil. Amen. That's the only way that I can describe it. So when you get into the presence of God and, and, and you're in your secret place and you're seeking his presence, one of the things that you are guaranteed to feel is overwhelming peace and security. Write that down. You're going to feel that automatic, automatic. Amen. Am I the only one that when I really get into prayer and I'm praying with the Lord, I, I feel that peace? Amen. Amen. And if you haven't felt that peace, it's okay. We're going to work on that, right? Amen? That's security. Amen? Because God is not there to judge you. He's there to receive you. Are you hearing me, church? The enemy and, and religious folks have, have gotten you so far away from who God really is. That's why God is vindicating his name. We can see through the scriptures how the Bible speaks of his character and his nature. And, it, and if God was a dictator, then why did the robber that was crucified next to Jesus Christ went to heaven that same day? He didn't have time for Bible studies. He didn't have time for Wednesday night, Sunday service. I mean, he was there because he committed a crime, right? He, he didn't even get baptized. He, 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 you get what I'm saying? Uh, but I hope that's not your case. Just make sure just live life right. You know, you don't want to receive God when you're going to die. You know what I'm saying? Oh, now I'm going to die. Let me receive God. No, receive God now. Amen. God, God is good. I mean, it'll be terrible living a life as a criminal and then confessing Christ in your deathbed. No, you don't want that. Amen. You want to enjoy God. Uh, one of the things that emerges when you're in that secret place with the Lord is that your spirit, okay, experience the supernatural. There has been times that I have gotten into my prayer room and I begin to pray and all of a sudden I'm being transported. Like my spirit is gone for a moment. And I begin to weep. Every hair on my body just sticks up. Goosebumps all over. During the time of intimacy with God and prayer, God begins to mold you in areas that you have been wounded. It's like if you, it, it, when you're going in there, something's coming off of you that's been hindering you or weighing on you. And God now is making you lighter. And you come out with more energy. You come out more positive. You come out with a more 
victorious mindset. Amen. Am I the only one that has experienced that? It's a total reset. Thank you for that word. A total reset. Now, many of us can say, Pastor, I haven't felt that in a while. Have you checked in? That's the question. Have you really checked in? Amen. Have you really checked in? Now, you say, yeah, Pastor, I've been praying. But what has been the motive and your attitude about that prayer? Has that attitude and that motive has been because someone did you wrong and you, and you want vengeance and you want them now? Because we're living in a generation. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. And God bless you if your name is Jimmy. Don't sue me. My lawyer's sitting right next to me. Amen. God is good. So, so uh, what are some of the things that you have experienced going into the presence of God while you're doing your prayer? Um, for me personally, um, Everybody that knows me knows that I'm all about deliverance. I'm all about deliverance and um, people being set free and myself set free. And um, this is just my experience. Um, I have come to the presence of God completely raw. And I have so humbled myself. And I do it every day. Every day I humble myself before him. And I always say, Holy Spirit, search the depths within me and whatever you don't like whatever is not pleasing to you, whatever, um, stinks to you, please just, uh, uproot it out of me. I don't want to do it anymore. And I remember that there's been so many times that I've come before the presence of God. And I, I'm like, I'm so angry. Like I'm so angry. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. I'm this. And I'm like, and I don't want to carry it any longer. And I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to please set me free. And I've, 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 I've sat there and I've done warfare with in prayer of I don't want to be this. I don't want to, to snap at my husband. I don't want to be, um, be annoyed by my daughter. I want to be happy in my family. I want to be happy in my marriage. And I realize that a lot of things, uh, that we are not happy about is baggages that we're carrying that we have to be set free from. We have to let it go. And in order to be set free, we have to be willing to accept the freedom from the father. We can't say, God, I want you, but you can't touch this area of my life. There's no point. It's not going to work. It's going to be, um, it's not going to be effective you're going to have ineffective prayers and it's because we're coming, but not holy. You know what I mean? And so that's what has completely helped me and where I've just told God, I've, I've told him everything. And, um, that, that took a learning process because I was taught for so many years, how you come before God. And it's almost like a ritual. Like you come, you pray, um, you try to do everything to make him happy with you so that he can answer your prayers, if that makes sense. And how many of you were taught that, like, you, you say this and you say that, and, and if you do this, and if I was even taught by uh, previous pastors that will have a petition, then you'll say, God, when you answer that petition, I'll give you such and such money. It's like a negotiation, and I used to do that. And so when I didn't get the outcome, I would get so angry with who? With God. So I've had to learn in my personal relationship, wait a minute, it's not what, it's not, I, how do I say it? I, I come to you, I've come to learn that I come to God for who he is and not for what he can give me. And so I've had to learn that again in that place of solitude. And it even gotten to the point where um, 
as many of you know, I was raised in a Christian home, Pentecostal home, but yet I used to think that everybody was so crazy because I, um, I sang the songs, I, I wore the skirts, I did everything. And there, I've always felt like I was rejected because I was different. I was different. I was like my nails done. I always, I, I just, I, I was into piercings and, and my parents are like, ah, the devil's inside of you and all this kind of stuff. And so I started to believe that. So I started to like become a, a quote unquote atheist. Like, God, are you really real? Like, really, did you create all this? Like, really, one person did this? Even as a child, I was questioning questioning it. When I met my husband, I met him at the church. Long story short, I still struggled even though I was at the church. Um, and I remember one day that I was like, you know what? If you are so real, I want to feel this love that everybody's saying because all I've received at the church, all my rejection has always been from the church. It hasn't been out there. It's been in the church. And it's because of that religious mindset that many people have. And I remember one day that I, I got so frustrated. I said, oh, you're real. Show me that you're real. And I went into my room and I closed the door and I had like, you know, that hissy fit, like that fit. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I was, I looked like that little girl with the two pigtails, with the dress and the poofy socks that just sat there because she just hit her dress. <laughs> <laughs> but her parents made her wear it. I, I, I feel like I look like that before God, like that little spoiled brat. But I tell you, he is so wonderful. And I was in that room and I started fighting. I'm like, okay, so show me that you're real. Show me that you're real and show me this love that everybody talks about in the church and all these testimonies and all this blah, blah, blah stuff. And I tell you, I was there for a long time. And I'm just sitting there rocking and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And the time is going by and the time is going. And all of a sudden, I tell you guys, I feel like this wind just like came into the room. And I was just like, okay. And then I feel like, boom. And I'm like, okay. And then I just feel like whatever wall and whatever hindrance was over my heart, he just started to crash that down and just bring it down. And I tell you the love that I felt for the very first time, it's a love that your mom can't give you. It's a love that your dad can't give you. It's a love that is so super natural that it causes you to want to surrender your life completely to him and say, you know what? I'm tired of doing things my way. And it's really, thank you. It's really an overwhelming love. Um, it's a love that it's unexplainable. It's a love that is, you're willing to do whatever you have to do to keep that love. If it makes sense. Like if God tells me I need for you to give up that attitude, I'll do that Lord. But that comes with relationship and prayer. Prayer is our communication with him. You can read the Bible. You can listen to all the worship music that you want to listen to. But if you don't have communication with God, you're not going to go anywhere. And I have to say that because many people think that because you come to church and you listen to a word on, on Wednesday and you listen to a word on Sunday, and you listen to worship music, that that's it. No, the devil was the worshiper. Lucifer was a worshiper in heaven. Your worship does not phase him. What phases him is for you to say, Lord, I surrender to your will. And I don't want to do anything that reminds you of what the devil did. 
if that makes sense. I want to be your worshiper in spirit and in truth. And that comes with a clean heart. And the only way that we can do that is having that communication with God on a daily basis. For me, I talk to him all the time. I can honestly say that I don't have to be on my knees. I can be in the car. I can be in the store. And sometimes I go to my husband. Did you hear that? Or was I talking out loud? It's because I'm so deep into prayer, even in the car or something, that I lose. I really do. And I think that I'm talking out loud. But um, go ahead. I don't want to keep taking that. Amen, amen. So a lot, a lot of people might say, well, Pastor, I, I heard you. But what do you mean by being holy? The word holy means to be set apart. Amen. You have to record that in your mind. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you have it all together. What it means is that you're set apart. You're set apart. So write that down. That's what the word holy is. And you have to initiate that. Meaning I'm set apart for the Lord. I don't do the things I used to do. I'm moving forward. You get what I'm saying? Now, I know the struggle is real. It's hard to, to get rid of addictions. But let me tell you something. God is more mighty than all those things. And there's nothing impossible for God. But you have to try it. Amen. I used to be a loud mouth. I, I used to get on my wife's case. I used to get on everybody's case except my case. And so God summoned me. And he said, I need to speak to you. You think you got it all together? Just because I gave you some curly hair and some nice caramel skin? I'll smoke you. No, I'm, I'm being real. And I learned something. What did I learn from my personal relationship with God in prayer is that the only way that you can have a personal relationship with him, it has to be rooted on prayer. It has to. You could hear the word. You could be a doer of the word. You could listen to worship. You could attend church. You could be faithful with your tithes and your offerings. You could uh, completely summon yourself to the, to the extent. But let me tell you something. If you don't have a communication with the Father on one-on-one, you don't know him. Mm -hmm. We rely on other people's prayers. We rely on mama's prayer, on daddy's prayer. Oh, I'm good. My mom has me covered. My dad, you don't know what they're praying about you. So don't depend on other people praying for you because they might be praying the opposite of what you want them to pray for. Amen. They probably say, God, break them. God, do this. God, remove that. God, and you're over here, but ¿pero qué pasó aquí? Well, you asked for prayer. You just didn't get the, go for yourself. I don't want nobody praying for God to break me. And to, no. No, smooth, Lord. Deal with me, God. Take it easy. But sometimes we cut ourselves short when we rely on others. And we rob ourselves to a certain extent. Amen. Now, another question that was brought up is like, Pastor, I am trying. But while I start to try, I begin to fall asleep. Am I the only one? How many times you you have felt that? Amen. That you begin to pray. Amen. You don't have a problem watching the NBA's final West Coast time up to 12 o'clock midnight. Watching LeBron James and, and all these guys running around the court. And, you know, and you say to yourself, I could stay up by lo que me conviene. Amen. We, we could stay up for what we believe is good, but we can't stay up for prayer. Now, a lot of that stems from the flesh. Mm-hmm. The flesh is weak. We have to recognize that the flesh is weak. If we fail to recognize that, we will be a victim of our own ignorance. The flesh 
is weak. The flesh will forever be weak. It will never agree with the spirit. It will never agree with the spirit. Now, your discipline comes from your obedience. No, I have to do this. Yes. Like, I have to shovel the driveway. I have to throw saw. No, I, I can't be watching Wendy Williams right now. God bless you, Wendy Williams. My attorney is there just in case. Amen. God is not looking for you to believe in him. God is looking for you to obey him. Pastor, how dare you say that? How many people you know say they believe in God and they're cussing out in the parking lot, smoking cigarettes, adultery, fornication? I mean, I was out there gangbanging. And I used to say, oh, God knows how I feel. Yeah, like you want to pull the trigger, brother. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Can I be real? Let us not be phased or moved by that. I know this is rubbing some of you the wrong way, but that's a religious culture mindset. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people, they wear crosses and they're shooting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, didn't Jesus told to Peter, you live by the sword? Die by the sword, live by the gun, die by the gun. However you want to phrase it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So... You have to understand that prayer is a priority, okay? Like, for example, going to work, getting up in the morning, you don't want to, but you have to. You can't demand something you ain't giving. That's like me showing up to work on Thursday or Friday. Let me get a paycheck. Where you were Monday, where you were Tuesday, you got the nerves not even on Wednesday. And you demanding a check on Thursday and Friday, think of it that way. How can I withdraw from heaven when I ain't making no deposits? It's like me going to the bank and saying, I want to withdraw $100. (laughs) Like, this account is under your child's name. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. So we have to keep that in mind. This is a relationship. Jesus said to them, while, while he was addressing them how to pray, it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't a suggestion. It was an order. You can't override an order that comes from heaven. He said, our Father that is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. So you're asking God's order to come where? Now, is there any disorder in heaven? Everything is in order in heaven, I assume, right? Amen? There ain't nobody over speaking over God, right? God is in control, right? And where are we asking him to come into play? Into our earth. Our earth is full of what? Disorder. Come on. How many of you can actually say life has been unfair? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many people you know got a job that you know they ain't even qualified for it because they know somebody and somebody know them or somebody got something on them. They get the job. And you've been busting your chops all your life and it hasn't been fair, right? So you can say the earth is not in order. It's in disorder. Look at nature in itself. is rebellion against itself. They call it war globally. I'm just talking about revenge. Amen? You can't, you can't plow the land without giving it rest. Amen? But heaven is in what? In order. So you're asking God, okay, for his will to be done here on this earth. So expect things to get aligned to his order. That means 
that you yourself are subject to that of what you're asking for. You can't be trying to inquire of God and then try to, oh, oh, okay, God, I know I asked you for that, but, but give me some time. You, you, you know, you know, I, I know your order, heaven come on earth, but, you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to deal with that today. I want to deal with that tomorrow. God is looking at you like, you're crazy. Like, you asked me to come into your life, heaven onto earth, and as soon as you're ready to throw some garbage where you know you ain't supposed to throw no garbage, you feel that conviction, and then you say, well, you, you know, maybe tomorrow. How many of you have littered and gone back to grab that litter? Uh, amen, amen, right? Like you were like, even though you know, literally, Can I share nobody a quick testimony? physically. I want to share a quick testimony you. about that. I went to, um, I went somewhere. I'm not going to get too much into details because they're probably watching. Love you. And so it was so funny because I was in the car with this person. They pulled down the window and they threw the wrapper, the chocolate. They were eating a chocolate and they threw the wrapper out of the window and I was so mad, right? And I said, worshiper, because the person's a worshiper. <laughs> and I said, worshiper, you litter what God gave you authority over? Okay. And I really took it, I really took it offensive. And I went and I snitched. I'm, I'm the biggest snitch. I will tell you, I'm a snitch. I don't care. I'm a snitch. And I went to my spiritual parents and I said, do you know what so-and-so just did? They threw the wrapper out the window. They're like, okay. Oh, and she's laughing and laughing. They're like, did you reprimand her? And I said, yes, I did. And they're like, good. So we have to take care of what God has given us. That's part of our responsibility as well. But go ahead. It's, it's ownership. You know, when we inquire of God, we got to own up. We got to own up. Remember, keep this in mind. God don't need us. We need him. Absolutely. A amen. Amen. Now, I know this is probably ruffling some of y'all feathers because y'all have a, a mindset, but God works in order. You get what I'm saying? You, you, you can't be in a relationship with God and have a side piece. Ooh. It don't work that way. Either you're in or you're out. The Bible is clear about that. Many will say unto me on that day, Lord, Lord, Lord. Depart from me, I never knew you. Workers of iniquity. What's the word iniquity? Huh? Think about that. Think about that. It talks about sin. That's what that word means. Iniquities. Things that you know that you're doing that ain't right. You get what I'm saying? Now, this message tonight or this dialogue that we're having is going to help you improve in your prayer life because we want the best for you just as much as God wants the best for you. Now, you can beat this thing around in circles and say, one day I'll get to it or I'm not there yet, Pastor. Let me tell you something. Time is not on your side. Time is not on your side. I tried it my way for many years, even being a Christian, until one day God said, I need to work with you. Okay. When you switch your lenses and you see things my way, then you won't be so critical. Learn to appreciate the things of life. You know how many people didn't wake up this morning? And you did? That wasn't by accident. That wasn't by luck. That was by God's divine power that he gave you another day. Because he could have taken you out last night. I mean, the devil had a notebook full of charges against you. Especially those unappropriate videos you were watching on YouTube. 
Or them comments, them, them shock comments that you be throwing on Facebook or social media. You know, God, God can be read between the lines. He know what you're trying to say and who you're trying to say it to. God ain't stupid. You, you get what I'm saying? Don't lie to yourself. Be real to yourself. Amen? So uh, 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 so many many people say, well, Pastor, I, I fall asleep when I'm praying. Well, one of the things that I create is self-discipline, okay? I know that usually my eyes get droopy around 830. Please don't call me around 8.30. They get droopy. I said, Pastor, you look so young. You're so healthy. Let me tell you something. Looks could be deceiving. If you get up a few times in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom, that means you're getting older. Am I right, Sister Janet? You laughing over there. Amen. At least I got somebody that's real with me in this place. Amen. God is good. Oh, oh, uh, Professor Dave. Okay, okay. Professor Professor David say, Pastor, didn't I tell you to order a commode or get a bedpan or something? <laughs> Can I make a quick confession? You guys know I'm so transparent. It's not yeah. even funny, and I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but it's okay. <laughs> I told Pastor, I can't do this anymore. I did this morning. I said, I cannot do this anymore. You know that I'm always up praying till late. And not that I'm holier than thou, really, I cannot sleep. So I'd rather just spend time with the Lord. So then, by the time that I finally get to fall asleep, he moves around that bed so much, so much that I keep waking up. So then at this point, it's not even spiritual warfare anymore. It's just he's moving so much, and the times happen to be 3.30, 4. So now I'm like, Lord, is that you? Or is it this man that won't stop moving in the bed? So this morning I said, I'm done. I need a new bedroom. He's like, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't have, we don't have the finances for that. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about this bedroom. I need a new one for my new room that I'm going to set up because you move around so much that I can't even sleep. You know, but it's like, it's like I tell her, I have to put up with the first couple of minutes because she's watching her YouTube uh, preaching. They go live and she's like, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to fall asleep. (laughs) So while she's sleeping now, I'm moving in the spiritual ram around the bed. Amen. Um, body language, right? Amen. God is good. Okay, let's move on. So, uh, how do we create? But you don't thing? complain when I smack your forehead while no, I'm praying no, for you. No, that's right. That's right. Amen. She covers me. Amen. So, uh, so how do I develop, okay, or get in the habit of prayer without falling asleep or losing sight of uh, 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 prayer while I'm praying? You have to discipline yourself. Okay? You know yourself better than yourself. So if you know you're going into a room that has been set to make you fall asleep, why are you going in that room to begin with? One of the things that I have noticed about the Jewish custom is that uh, how, many of the, how many of you have seen videos or pictures where they're at the waiting wall and, and they're praying? You notice how they're rocking their body back and forth. The reason why they do that is to remind their bodies and remind themselves, hey, you're praying to God. So you got to do whatever it takes to remind you that you're in the place of prayer. Now, don't dim the lights if, if you're a light sleeper. I mean, a deep sleeper. Don't, don't, don't put uh, candles in your room or, or things that are going to make you fall asleep. But prioritize that time of prayer. Okay, I'm going to go into the prayer room, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to rock myself. I'm going to walk 
across the room, back and forth, amen, as you're walking, you're moving your body, you know, and, and you're also reminding yourself, hey, I'm praying to the Father. God will not hold that against you. It's the motive behind that. You get what I'm saying? Some people say, Pastor, I can't pray on my knees. The Bible never said to get on your knees to pray. That's not there. The Bible says prayer. We pick that up through tradition, amen? And we can kneel down. We kneel in the name of Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But what if you got two bad knees? Now you're not. Now God can't hear you? What if you don't got no knees? Both of you, you, you get what I'm saying? Let's be real. What did David do? The Bible says that he laid, he prostrated himself in front of the presence of God. That's another form of praying. He laid on the floor. I, 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 have, I have noticed that when I lay on the floor, I'm more awake. I'm more in tune with God. Why? Because the floor is very uncomfortable. And it's cold at times. And when it's cold, you ain't going to fall asleep. I mean, unless you're a wolf or something, or a polar bear or something. But I can't fall asleep. I have to be tucked in. Tucked in to fall asleep, you know, and you can tell in Spanish if you got three, four blankets and, 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 and the thermometer cannot move in your house, you know, you're on a budget, right? It's like when they touch that, it, it strikes a nerve, right? Like October and you got the heat on, man, the heat don't go on to January 31st. I'm just joking. Amen. Okay. Our prayer life with God is the way which we grow closer to him. So it's very important that you write that down. Our prayer life with God is the way that we grow closer to him. You can never grow in God if you don't have a prayer life. Amen. Now, there's specific times of spiritual warfare that are designed for prayer. But you can always pray during the day. Let's say, for example, you say, I'm not a morning person. Okay, I get that. On your way to work, you could pray. Before you get into that workplace, you're going to be dealing with a lot of people that have been sleeping with demons. And you need all the prayer that you can have and all you can get. So it's very important that you develop that. God, our Father that's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let thy will be done here on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, not bread only that we eat, but bread, the manna that comes from heaven, which is revelation. Amen? Because we all we want is the natural stuff. What about the spiritual stuff? Because I've received a lot of revelation by saying, give us this day our daily bread, the word. Amen? Forgive us for our what? For our trespasses. Some translation says for our sins. As we what? Forgive those. So now we're not only asking God to forgive us, but we're promising him that we're going to do the what? So why is it it's so hard for us to forgive people that, think about that. You're asking God to do something for you, but in return, you're not living up to your word. So you get offended if they get your coffee wrong. You get, a, you, you get offended if they didn't call your name. You get offended if you didn't get picked. You get offended. Let me tell you something. If you live a life like that, you're going to live a miserable life. Okay? Because let me tell you something. The, the biggest offense that you do every morning is say hello without even washing your mouth. Now, you might not notice that, but the people around you notice that. That's an offense. Let's be real. Because we think we got it all together, but in reality, we don't. 
And I love when I'm confronting people who have this religious mindset that they think they're better than other people or they think that they have the last revelation. Let me tell you something. You haven't even tapped into who God is because God is so big. Okay? It will take my lifetime, her lifetime, your lifetime, everybody else to ever even tap into who God really is because in reality, we don't really know who God really is because he's so gracious, so merciful. He, he will forgive sins that you don't even think are forgivable. But he does. Amen. God is good. Prayer is more than a conversation. It's a divine encounter. So if you're going in there blobbering your mouth, blah, 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 let me, no, let me tell you something. When you're going into prayer and, and you're having intimacy with God, it becomes a divine encounter because in that, in that moment, okay, you're giving to God all of your burdens. You're coming to God for who you are, and God is ready to pour something into you that you never had. He fills in all those holes in your life, and we got a lot of holes in our lives. Trust me, we're still fighting with the mailman. I woke up this morning, I saw the mailman pull up, and I said, why do you have to bring these bills to this house? Why don't you just go to the other house? Literally, in my mind. And then I said, man, that ain't his fault. That's his job. <laughs> God is good. Amen. Oh, God is so good. Are we good? Amen. Are we good? Amen. We good? All right. Uh, I, I got a little bit more, but it's up to you guys. Should we continue or we'll pick it up next week? What's up? I mean, we want to continue. Any questions? Any, any questions? Any questions? You guys are so quiet. Come on, man. You know you got. Don't ask me no questions at the door. A any questions? Amen. And if you don't feel like, you know, a pastor is kind of personal, use somebody else's name. Because you know somebody else asked you that. Because it's not for me. It's for somebody else. Pastor, I want to know what's up with this. No, we're good. Amen. Oh, God is good. Amen. Uh, when we go into the presence of God and we pray, we receive this. We receive strength. Write that down. We receive wisdom. And we receive overall something very important that we often forget. Determination. We're going into his presence. And he's filling us up. And areas that we thought it was nearly impossible that we were able to overcome. The determination to get up every morning and face life for what he has established it. In other words, life wasn't meant to be figured out. Life was meant to be lived. It's a journey. If you're trying to figure out everything, trust me, you're going to get old. Old. You know, you... I, I get in front of the TV and you see all these gits and gadgets and blows and whistles, especially with these new cars. You know, you, you as soon as you step foot in your car, your car, your phone connects to the car. You don't even know how it did that. And I, I ain't trying to figure that out. I just want to enjoy that. And, and some of us are just searching, like, how does that do? Man, who cares? I don't, I don't personally care because, first of all, I ain't doing nothing illegal. I just want to enjoy. I just fascinated how this phone connects to the car, and I can listen to all my songs on YouTube, and I can also have a conversation without picking up the phone. Isn't that something? But we make life complicated. God, why is the sky blue? 
blue. Why is the moon white? Like, seriously, let's ask God real questions, okay? Let the, the moon be white. Let the sun be yellow. Let the water be blue. Let it be what it is. Ask him who you are. That's more important. Who you are, God, who am I? What spiritual generational curses I've been carrying? Why, why am I so short-tempered? Why do I get mad every time the pastor talks? Because there's people that get mad when I talk, trust me. That's why they're tuning off right now. What, what, what's bugging me? Why, why do I feel this way? Let me tell you something. If you go attitude, you're going to save your own life. Because as you get older, you're going to learn something about life. That some of the things that you used to stress about, they didn't even matter to begin with. Isn't that part of maturing life? Remember when we were coming up, we used to argue about, why does she put the trash can there? Why did they decorate the house that way? Why does so-and-so got to copy my sneakers? Knowing that they made a thousands of those sneakers the same color, uh, they just made it because you wanted it. You know, it was because of you. Yeah, sure. Amen. And then you get older and you're like, really? Really? I was mad at him and her because they had the same sneakers I had. Like if Foot Locker just thought about me or the designer thought about. You, you see all this nonsense and all this foolishness that the enemy just throws at us. And we entertain it so much that we don't realize that we stink just like that garbage. And God is trying to get us from that toxic mentality, from that smell. And he wants to clean us. Look at, look at what David said. He said, Lord created me a new heart. David recognized that his heart was so filthy and so dirty that he needed God to create a new one. We need to leave this place today with a new heart transplant in the spiritual realm. Because our hearts are filled of so much things. That God wants to get out. And I believe he's going to do it this year. The Bible teaches us if you seek him, you will find him. The term to seek is to search, to dig in. Many of us have not received from God because we have failed to seek him to begin with. We just sit back and we just say, have, a, have your way, Lord. And that's our attitude. Let it be what it's going to be. No. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it. Meaning that that day has an expectation of fulfillment of a purpose in your life. Every day serves a purpose. Pastor, what about rainy days? Even rainy days. You know, I, I used to be a moper during rainy days. Oh, these, these are the days I'm going to watch. Uh, lifetime. And Pastor Miller's like, uh-uh, we cleaning. But it's raining. What does rain have to do with? And I used to get mad at her. She's take, she's ruining my vibe. She's getting on my nerves. That's the devil. No. And God said, how can you curse something that I have blessed? Think about that. Look at the ignorance that we have encountered because we don't know his ways. Why? Because we don't seek him. We seek the things that we want. We seek God when it's convenient. Oh, God, you know I want that house. Please give it to me. I'll make sure I go to church every Sunday. 
I'll make sure. No, people talk like that. Give me that car. Give me that job. Oh, God. And what happens when God says no? Now, now we're on the defense. Oh, I get it. You're setting me up. You don't want me. Pookie and Tookie got it. Think about this. The reason why you're in the predicament that you're currently in right now is because you have brought it upon yourself. Think about that. If you could own up, trust me, God can erase all of those years that were lost. That's why I love the book of Joel. God will restore what the locusts have stolen. In other words, the years that were stolen from you, God can restore them. And I see life so different. I see life so different. I used to come to church, and I used to be so miserable. I'm like, I can't wait to get this out of the way. Like, for real. Like, I really got to get home and watch Big Poppy because, you know, back, to, back then, Big Poppy was the man when the Red Sox was hot. You know what I'm saying? I used to pray to God for the game. Yo, make sure, God, that when I get home, you know, he's going to literally, literally, I used to curse the Yankees. I'd be like, God, I curse them in your name. You know how many Christians are in that team? Look how ignorant I was. I used to call them the evil empire. Forgive me, New York Yankee fans. Forgive me. Thank you. Hallelujah. NY next year, not this year. Amen. <laughs> but that's how ignorant I was in church. Not as a pastor. This was years ago, so don't hold it against me. Don't hold it against me. When I became a pastor, I, I, I had to straighten up. Amen. In more ways than one. So tonight, we, ha we have talked a lot. You guys have received a lot. Some of you have enjoyed yourself. Some of you are like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. I ain't never coming back. I don't understand what's going on anymore. Let me tell you something. If God don't get the message through you tonight, he'll get it somewhere to you. But he'll get that message across. He'll get it across. Trust me. Because with God, you cannot manipulate. And you cannot think it's going to be your way. Because sooner or later, even if God got to reveal it to you when you're having your ABC suit, he'll spell it out. Even when you're having your alphabet cereal, he'll spell it out. Amen. But God will catch your attention some way, somehow. So when you go into your prayer room, go with the expectation that God is going to meet you there. There's no difference between you and I. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't make me better than you. We are all sinners in the presence of the Lord. We, are all, we all fall short. God don't have favorites. But what God is looking is for people who are obedient, who are after him, regardless of their situation. Just because I'm mad at my wife doesn't mean I'm going to take it out on God. I learned that I had to pray for her. And the more that I prayed for my wife, I found how ugly I was how selfish I was. God began to reveal to me the things that she struggled with and how I was contributing to those things. Now we, we're living a life that we're enjoying, but there was a time that we, we them divorce papers were there. They were there. They were there. There, there were many times that I just wanted to walk out the front door. She wanted to walk out the back door. She, there was times she wanted to throw me out the window. There was times that she said, I hate you. Call my mom be like, you know where I'm at, mom, right? Okay, just in case. <laughs> you guys are too much for me. Come on, laugh, man.
Come on, man. God is good. He has a sense of humor. But it was real. You know, I, I used to call my daughter taste this before I do. <laughs> Amen. Let's be on our feet. Amen. God is good. Can I just say that yes. um, as um, Pastor was talking, um, I just feel so strongly in my spirit that there are some of us that really need to come before the presence of God with a spirit of surrendering and lift up that white flag. I've done that where I have said, all right, I'm done fighting you. I'm done fighting. I'm done uh, wanting things my way, white flag. And there's times that I have yelled, white flag, I get it, I get it, white flag. And I've come before him completely surrendered. And um, I really feel that so strong in, in, in my spirit that God is just saying, just surrender. Mm. Completely surrender and watch what I do in your life. Watch the transformation, not only in your life, but in those that you have brought up before my presence. All I need for you to do is surrender and allow me to work accordingly, for it is written, it is perfectly planned out. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and I pray that at this very hour, that each and every one of our hearts are completely surrendered to you, God, because your ways are the best ways. And right now, we just crucify the flesh, Father, that tells us the opposite, that tells us that it's not going to get better, that tells us that we're not going to be delivered, that tells us that our marriage is going to continue to be broken, that tells us that we're not going to be better than what our parents were, that tells us that we are slaves rather than children of the Most High God. Father, right now, I declare that every demonic voice, Father God, is muted right now in the name of Jesus, and that our ears are open to hear even the softness and the stillness of your voice that says keep going forward for you will never leave us for you will never forsaken us God and we thank you tonight because I'm declaring and I'm decreeing that transformation is going to take place. I declare that that stubborn wife, Father God, is going to meet you. I declare that that stubborn husband, Father God, is going to meet you. I declare, Father God, that those stubborn stubborn family members and, 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 and girlfriends and boyfriends and children are going to meet you in the mighty name of Jesus. All you are asking us to do is surrender. And I declare tonight, God, that our hearts are completely surrendered to you. So that your will shall be done. Mm. Father God, I declare that testimonies are going to be birthed because of tonight, God. I declare, Father, that your fire, your fire will fall upon each and every one of us. That we will go into that place of solitude and seek you and want you and desire you. Just like we desire our spouses. Just like we desire a future husband or future wife. Father, that we desire you to that passion and even greater father. And in return, we're going to receive all that you have for us, Lord. I declare it and I decree it in the name of Jesus. I declare change. I declare deliverance. I declare salvation and I declare transformation in the name of Jesus. Amen.
We want to thank all of you. The viewers have been watching us on Facebook and YouTube Live. God bless you. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez, alongside with my beautiful wife, Pastor Melly. We're here at 1060 Worcester Street, Springfield, Massachusetts, in the beautiful section of Indian Orchard. For more information about our ministries, please log on to our website, www.resurrectionspringfield.org, or social media platforms at TRC413. God bless you. Amen. I want to take this opportunity and call a few of you up here to the altar. If you have to go, I understand. But the ones that I call, please come up. Amen. Carmen, come up. Amen. Come up. Amen. 